0: Today, we're going to go on a little road trip together, all right? I want you to picture yourself on the road. You're in a nice car. You're cruising along on a wide open highway. There's no other cars on this road. It's just you and the open road. It feels great to be cruising along. You're making good progress on your journey. You don't even have to worry about the cost of fuel for your vehicle. You have everything you need to continue moving forward. Can you feel it? Does it feel nice? Then something happens. You make a choice that lands you on the side of the road. Your progress in your journey is halted. This is a critical moment. You have the choice to stay there or to jump back on the highway and continue your journey. The sooner you jump back on the road, the sooner you continue progressing in your journey. You decide to jump back on the road. You're cruising along and enjoying the ride again. Soon, however, it happens again. You're on the side of the road, progress halted, feeling a little frustrated with yourself. The same choice awaits you. Do you jump back on the road? Or are you going to get comfortable there on the side of the road? Maybe set up camp for a while. You decide to make the choice to jump back on the road and you're progressing once again. You're cruising along. It feels good. Wide open road, everything you need. Up ahead, you see an exit sign and you have to decide if you're going to take the exit and have a delay in your progress or if you're going to continue on you decide to continue on, breeze past the exit. This is an analogy I share with a lot of clients because we are all imperfect people continually dealing with weaknesses and sins that so easily doth beset us. Sometimes I picture the path of discipleship as an open highway, a wide open road, and we can comfortably cruise along. Sometimes though, we make a poor choice to end up on the side of that road, our progress halted. We often seem to think that when this happens the road suddenly disappeared or is irreparably broken or a great chasm has opened up separating us from the path of discipleship this is not so my friends we are simply on the shoulder of the road just on the side we're just off the path in easy reach of getting back on we have two choices in this moment we can turn back to god repenting and jumping right back on the path or we can continue to turn away setting up camp on the side of the road, or possibly wandering into the foliage, distancing ourselves more. Or if we see a detour or an exit, which are things like temptations, sins, or distractions, we can choose to take the exit and hang out there for a while, even to the point of building a life in this place. Or we can avoid the exit altogether. And if we take the exit, we can use the on-ramp, which is the atonement of Jesus Christ, at any time to jump right back on. We don't have to start back at the beginning of our journey or suddenly find ourselves back five exits. I believe we can jump right back on to where we left off through the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Progression, in my opinion, is spending less time on the side of the road and making our stops increasingly more brief, increasingly less frequent. We acknowledge, as I believe our Father in Heaven does, that we made a misstep and we use our agency to turn back to God instead of turning back to the sin. Sometimes it's easy to justify hanging out on the side of the road. We already messed up, right? But that's not the plan. The plan is having a Savior to help us pick ourselves right back up, dust ourselves off, get back in the car, and get back on the road. Our Father in heaven is so very quick to forgive us. He welcomes us right back onto the path. He rejoices in us, entering back into the path of discipleship, entering back into relationship with him. So what things in your life make you end up on the side of the road halting your progress? What things in your life symbolize those exit signs or the exits from the highway that you take? Do you believe me when I say you can jump right back on the road? Do you have any thoughts in those moments, in those detours about not being enough or that getting back on the road is too challenging or might as well give up? or might as well continue where you're at instead of making the change, making the shift to get back on the road. I want to testify that our Father in Heaven is so quick to forgive. I remember and hope to always remember an experience as a teenager when I had messed up. I was down on my knees asking for forgiveness. And immediately upon finishing that prayer, I felt a strong witness that I was loved and I was forgiven. His forgiveness is immediate. S. Michael Wilcox, in an article entitled, Why God is Willing to Forgive You Faster Than You Think, said the following, quote, There are many reasons why Jesus came to earth, and our word atonement has come to embody them all, but I think, if I had to be specific, I would say that the essence of his life centered on forgiveness. In the great hymn of the Restoration, Joseph Smith caught that spirit when he wrote, Now what do we hear in the gospel which we have received? A voice of gladness, a voice of mercy from heaven. C.D.N.C. 128.19. The Savior is the incarnation, the personification, the grand architect of forgiveness and mercy. It is inherent in almost every act of his life. It is the one single most significant quality of the Father that Jesus came to teach us with his words and show us by his example. Indeed, the most beautiful words he spoke during those last agonizing hours of his life are, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. See Luke twenty three thirty four. Whenever I feel a difficulty of forgiving in my own life, I read those words and the feeling of forgiveness moves into my soul. I believe it is more than critical that we reach a certainty of knowledge of how very easy it is for him to forgive. He delights in forgiveness. He is mercy and he is love. I wish this were true of you and me, but in our humanity, we can find it daunting. Perhaps because we struggle with this grace, we may wonder about God and our relationship with him. He says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. See Isaiah 55, 8. I must sometimes remind myself that God simply does not view things the way I do. Mankind has far too often created God in their image. End quote. How often do we interpret God through the lens of our experience or our abilities? If it takes effort and time for me to forgive or to feel forgiven, we think God must be like that, but he's not. He has a much greater capacity for forgiveness, total and complete forgiveness, given quickly and freely through the matchless gift of the Atonement of Jesus Christ. Another question that often comes up in sessions is how we know when we are forgiven. I remember reading Believing Christ by Stephen Robinson and reading that we know we are forgiven if we feel the Spirit. Elder Tad R. Callister confirms this in the article entitled, How Do I Know When I Am Forgiven? He says, quote, When I served as mission president, missionaries often asked these two questions. One, how do I know when I am forgiven of my sins? And two, if I am forgiven, why do I still feel guilt? When asked those questions, I usually responded by saying, if you feel the spirit when you pray, read the scriptures, teach, testify, or any other time, then that is your witness that you have been forgiven, or alternatively, that the cleansing process is taking place, for the spirit cannot dwell in an unholy tabernacle. See Alma 721. In most cases, the cleansing process takes time because our change of heart takes time. But in the interim, we can proceed with the confidence that God approves of our progress as manifested by the presence of his Spirit. I do not know if we will forget our sins, but the time will come when those who repent will no longer be troubled by their sins. Such was the case with Enos, whose guilt was swept away, see Enos 1, six, and the converted Lamanites, who witnessed that the Lord had taken away the guilt from our hearts, see Alma 24.10 and with alma who exclaimed i could remember my pains no more see alma 36:19 no doubt all of them remembered their sins but somehow they were no longer troubled by them the infinite powers of the atonement miraculously healed every wound and soothed every conscience with the peace of god which passeth all understanding see philippians 4:7 as we repent we become a different person than we were the realization of our new identity, coupled with our faith in Christ's cleansing powers, helps us reach the point where we can say, as Alma said, I could remember my pains no more, yea, I was harrowed up by the memory of my sins no more. See Alma 36:19. Accordingly, we can be comforted by the truth that God will ultimately judge us by what we have become, not by what we were. The Apostle Paul gave some constructive counsel to all of us who have sinned but are striving to repent. He said we should be forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto things which are before. See Philippians 3.13. In other words, we should put the past behind us and press forward, trusting in God's redeeming power. Such an effort on our part is a demonstration of faith. Further, Paul counseled, happy is he that condemneth not himself. See Romans 14.22. End quote. So I love so many points in that. We can rely on the merits of the atonement of Jesus Christ. The cleansing process takes some time, but we can feel approval of the process and feel that God is pleased with our efforts as we repent and turn to him. It is a process that needs to be repeated over and over again. President Nelson has counseled us about daily repentance, using daily repentance in our lives, right? If we were expected to be perfect or not use the atonement, we wouldn't need daily repentance. Brad Wilcox in the talk, Worthiness is Not Flawlessness, which is a must read for anyone on the road to overcoming addiction or sins that do easily beset you, says, quote, You're not a hypocrite because you have a bad habit you are trying to break. You are a hypocrite if you hide it, lie about it, or try to convince yourself the church has a problem for maintaining such high standards. Being honest about your actions and taking steps to move forward is not being a hypocrite. It is being a disciple. Elder Richard G. Scott taught, quote, The Lord sees weaknesses differently than he does rebellion. When the Lord speaks of weaknesses, it is always with mercy, end quote. In our road to improvement, we can't be expected to be perfect yet. We are only perfect through the merits of our Savior Jesus Christ. A good bishop would be one who acknowledges the fact that it might happen again. This might come up for you again and that's okay. We're going to work through it. When we're working with other people, we can remind them that we understand that this might come up again, and we hope that they'll feel comfortable taking care of it again and again as it comes up. I looked up forgiveness in the topical guide, and here's a section from what is there. Lord is of great mercy, forgiving iniquity in Numbers 14, 18. It shall be forgiven them, Numbers 15, 25. Thou art a God ready to pardon Nehemiah nine seventeen, whose transgression is forgiven, Psalms thirty two one. I acknowledge my sin and thou forgavest Psalm thirty two five. Lord art good and ready to forgive Psalm eighty six five, who forgiveth all thine iniquity, Psalms one hundred three three. There is forgiveness with thee, Psalms one hundred thirty four. Sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Isaiah one eighteen. Thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin purged. Isaiah 6.7 Cry unto her that her iniquity is pardoned. Isaiah 42 I am he that blotteth out thy transgressions. Isaiah 43.25 I will cleanse them from all their iniquity. Jeremiah 33.8 Over and over again, this is the God who is forgiving. This is the plan. We learn from our own experience to choose the good from the evil. We use the atonement of Jesus Christ to get back to our Father in relationship and in reality. Brad Wilcox, again in the talk, Worthiness is Not Flawlessness, uses a similar road analogy. He said, quote, Life is like a cross-country road trip. We can't reach our destination on one tank of gas. We must refill the tank over and over. Taking the sacrament is like pulling into the gas station. As we repent and renew our covenants, we pledge our willingness to keep the commandments and God and Christ bless us with the Holy Spirit. In short, we promise to press forward on our journey and God and Christ promise to refill the tank, End quote. So my summary in 60 seconds or less is this. We are going to continually find ourselves stepping off the path of discipleship in our journey back to the Father. We can picture it like being stopped on the side of the road, progress halted. In those moments, we have to decide, Will we turn back to God or continue to turn to sin or weakness? Progress is less frequent stops. Progress is being more quick to turn back and get ourselves back on the path of discipleship through the atonement of Jesus Christ, which allows us immediate forgiveness. Progress is not hiding or staying in those places. Progress is immediately deciding we're off the path. We need to get back on. We're going to get back on. I'd love to hear what you think about this. We know we have been forgiven or that the cleansing process is taking place if we feel the Spirit. God loves to forgive us. He loves to enter into a relationship with us and is ever ready and ever waiting. And I testify of these things in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If you keep messing up in the same ways, it's okay. Just keep repenting. Try to make progress. Try to be humble. Try to seek the Lord through the process. He understands and he delights in the soul who repenteth. May you enjoy the journey, be kind to yourself, and utilize the matchless gift of the atonement of Jesus Christ this week is my prayer for you. Have a wonderful day and know you are deeply loved, my friends. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. I hope you're finding value in this content. If you are, you can leave a five-star review in iTunes, which would help a lot with others being able to find this podcast as well. We can learn the easy tools for being a happier people. Thanks for listening. The content shared is for educational and informational purposes only. It should not be used for diagnosing or treating a mental health problem.